Ah, hello. <laughs> Welcome to a brand new episode of the Shellheads podcast. I'm your host, Sergio. I'm here with your other host, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> episode 101, we're trying trying to get funky. Hey, how's it going, man? I, I got a sinus issue. What about you? Oh no! <laughs> I'm uh, I'm I, I'm no, no sinus issues here. Oh, are you bragging? Yeah, it, like it's 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 Mississippi in like the fall, like the beginning of fall. The, the weather is just now changing, and my and my sinuses are just like, well, we're giving up on you. Pretty much, you get you get hit with a with a cold snap and a hot snap, and a cold snap and a hot snap, and it's just like can't. Make up your mind. It's just like, you know, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know where all of our listeners are from, but here it was 85 degrees today. Ugh. Yeah. It's just remind everyone it's November. What was it like? Saturday was like pretty cold at night. It was like what? Like maybe like 53, four, like yeah. high 40s. It's supposed to be like uh, mid 30s come next Monday. It's like it's it's all over the place, man. Oh, snap. Yeah. So that's the version of Sergio you're getting. What version of Jeff are we getting today? Regular. <laughs> Standard Def Jeff. Standard Def Jeff. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Uh, as I said, this is episode 101. We we made it past the hump, Jeff. Uh-huh. Uh, now it's all downhill from here. Now we can completely ruin things. This is we have jumped the shark. No, we've already. Uh, hey, uh, <laughs> hey. Well, we have some IDW stuff to talk about a bit later. Uh, we read a significant, not a significant as in a lot, but it was an important chunk of IDW books that I'll I am freaking say. Yeah, yeah. That I am very excited to talk with Jeff about because I know he's never read them before. Correct. Yeah. So so let's let's just jump into our first segment. What is that segment, Jeff? And now it's time to see what's in our boxes. Yes. So, oh, that means Jeff has something in his box. I'm feeling it's the same thing that's in mine. Mm, Well, yes and no. What what was in your box, Jeff? I only got the one thing. Uh, I got my pre-ordered copy of uh, Shredder's Revenge uh, from Limited Run Games. I got the Nintendo Switch version. I just got the standard because at the time I was, I really wanted the Fat Baby Collector's Edition, but some stuff came up, and I was like, you know, I just really need the game. So, <laughs> uh, but you already own the game, Jeff. I do now. Did wh- how did you play it before? Digital, and I deleted that and have my card. Right, but you still paid for it. Yeah. And you still own it. You can still download it. Yeah. I also got my copy of, of Shredder's Revenge. Very good. Uh, I got it for PlayStation 4. I thought you got it for Xbox. No, I played it on Xbox because it was on Game Pass. But, uh, I, bought, but I bought the PlayStation copy. Oh, okay. So, so there's that. Uh, I don't even know if I opened it. I think I just threw it on my shelf to never, ever be opened ever again. That sounds about right for you, yeah. I opened I, mine. I've gotten everything I need out of that game. Oh, shoot. Come, come on. Replayability. Or or just play other games. Yeah. But I have I, 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 I literally I, I, have hundreds of games I haven't played yet. I do both. 
Like I don't play games again. That I just, it's not something I do. I'd That's rather sad. play something else. I, I I replay stuff all the time. And that just contributes to your pile of games that you haven't finished. That's this is neither the time nor the place. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not wrong. Um, all the semantics. I mean, hey, I'm not wrong. When we get done here, I'm gonna go play Sonic Frontiers. So, all right, okay. Uh, let's see. So, so yeah, we, we both got that, which is cool. I got a bunch of stuff. Okay. Uh, let's keep it on the Shredder's Revenge train. Because I got, uh, something that I forgot I ordered, which is real healthy. You know, that's, that's a healthy way to spend your money. It is. Uh, it's the Shredder's Revenge soundtrack record. Oh, cool. Uh, that I ordered from some, it was, it, it's, turns out it's a company in, in Europe. And they had to ship it across the pond to get it to me. Um, it's actually the um, like the special edition version. Was this the 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 green uh, record version? I honestly don't know. I didn't open it. <laughs> I think that's if it's the UK one. I think that's right. Let's see. I got it from Big Wax IO. Well, that's a pretty cool name for a company. Yeah, yeah. And they still, I believe they still have some in stock. Hmm. Yes, they do. That is a it, great soundtrack. Yeah, it's, it is currently 49, or, yeah, 49 pounds, if that's what that sign is. I, I don't know how to read that. Which, if I, roughly is around, like, Maybe 60 bucks US, give or take. Maybe. Yes, it is green vinyl. Um, and I did the math. Like, you can still order the regular version of it on vinyl. And, yeah, it is. You can get it for 32.50 euros. And when you do the math to, to like, actually buy it in regular American dollars. It's cheaper to order it from them than it is to order it from somewhere here on like stateside. And that's kind of the case sometimes that I've come across. Like I do a lot of importing, uh, I, I, uh, get like movies and stuff. Um, but it kind of it the, it's usually cheaper to go through them. But it it you know, again it, it it really varies. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's actually only thirty four thirty four eighteen. For okay. the Shredder's Revenge soundtrack on Big Wax IO, it's not bad. And I think stateside, it's no few. I, th- I think you can't get it for less than forty bucks anywhere. Still not too bad. Yeah, it's I yeah. Really... It's, it's, Go ahead. It's not a bad deal, considering it's a it's a it is you know vinyl. I finally got. Uh, we we've talked about this this the actually the past couple episodes. I got my Auto T figures. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. The, uh, the big mess. They they sent me a shipping confirmation, and they were like, hey, hey, bro, we, we shipped these. And then the very next day, they were on my porch. And let me tell you, Blue Renette, wonderful. Just mwah, chef kiss. However, they short shipped me. They did not ship me my black and white shredder. Uh-oh. And... Uh, talking to people online it seems as if that's kind of a like a an issue 
that they they're, I guess they're just running out of figures and just not putting them in the boxes. I don't I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I reached out to the Auto T um the help email address. They did send me a, a response that said, "We're sorry for the inconvenience. We'll ship you your, you know, missing figure as soon as we can." Which is code to tell me you're never getting your figure. See, this whole just nightmare of a mess could have been avoided if they just made these available on their website like normal instead of trying to do something different and new. Yeah, yeah. We'll see if I ever get my black and white shredder. I haven't checked eBay. I'm sure that these things are going for a a nice chunk of change. Yeah. Especially that blue Renette. I don't know. But I did get my black and white uh, foot soldier and my Renette. So two out of three is not bad. It's not, but these will probably never hit stores. Oh, no, they're definitely not going to hit stores. See, Nick, so, you're wrong. You're yeah. wrong. You've given us the brown Renette, which nobody wanted, and, you know, the blue one that everybody wants. Well, you can still go to Walmart and just buy one yeah. and then redeem it on the Auto2 website and cross your fingers. There's that. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, so, so I guess officially that book isn't closed yet because that last one has, that last figure has not arrived. Uh, I guess I'll expect it when I get my last loot crate. Who knows? I'm willing, I'm willing to bet you after this fiasco, they won't do that again. Cause they've got I, so many complaints from people who are like, just make it easy for us. I don't know, man. Like they started a new company for this. Like, I, I feel like they've, they've already chosen the horse they're going to ride in on. Oh, I swear to God, if those freaking new <laughs> Mirage Turtles figures, like the actual, you know, color turtle figures, the, what was it? The uh, Did we ever figure out what, what it was? Was it? Um, it was Return to New York. Yeah. No. Yeah. Those better not be this. <laughs> I, I, will, I will burn the building down. No, they, they, like, what's going to happen is it'll, they're going to release the Return to New York via like, you know, previews or whatever and you can get them at every, all the comic shops you can, basically what they're doing with the uh, universal monsters that's probably where those are going to go however they'll release a black and white variant set that is only through auto t that's what's going to happen those i don't care about i, I just I just want my <laughs> other ones just give me give me my freaking turtles yeah auto t is going to be the home for weird variants that they may never ship so we are we are not trained sea animals. Do not make us jump through hoops. Uh, oh, I see what you did there. Nice. <laughs> well, uh, in staying on the, the staying on the figure train, uh, I got I, while I was at Offbeat, I also picked up my two last Ronin Playmates figs. Ah, yeah. The I actually he actually got a uh, black and white variant. And, of course, he got the color variant. Nice. I grabbed them both. They are as cool as I thought they were going to be. It, the, honestly, the color one is way cooler than the black and white one. Really? Black and white one kind of – it's kind of anemic when you look at it. It just it just seems meh. I guess the uh, the photos didn't really do it justice. Maybe. I don't know. I, it's just when I, when I look at it, it just seems – it seems like I should get get out some crayons or markers or something and just finish it. Oh, no, I meant like the color one. Oh no, the color. I thought the color one looked good in the in the pictures, so I, I'm not really the person to ask there, Jeff. Gotcha. <laughs> I mean, you physically have yours. Mine is on the way. Yeah, 
mine is on my shelf. <laughs> yeah. uh, and finally, the last thing I got is also Last Ronin related. I got uh, a copy of the Last Ronin hardback. The, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. New York Times bestseller, the Last Ronin hardback trade. Hey, trade hardback. What's it called? Trade. It's, it's yeah. a graphic novel. There we go. Yeah, graphic novel. The trade. graphic novel. Yeah. Yeah. It's got multiple names. It's fine. Yeah. It's a. It's a. It's we say this a lot, but it's a beefy baby. Like it's it's thicker than I thought it would be, but it makes sense that it's thick because all of those books were oversized, and it's beautiful. So yeah. congratulations, IDW. You deserve all of the uh, the praise you're getting for the last Ronin. Yes. I mean, animated movie. Yeah, I, I don't see why not. I don't see why not. I, I guess the the only reason they wouldn't do it is because they have no – like they would have to contract out a company to make it. Oh, yeah. I mean any anime studio could do it. Yeah. If they're not doing something else. Right. Let's move on to our next segment. And now it's time for some news. Oh. Yeah, news time. News time, Jeff. Yay. Uh, we have a little bit of news. Yeah, it'd be like that. Just like, it's... Gets a little bit, and then all huge. of a sudden the dams open and just flood. Yeah, yeah. So, let's jump in. What, what, do, we, what do you want to start with, Jeff? Well, um, for those of you out there uh, who own a PlayStation 5, the ever sought after PlayStation 5, you will soon be getting a physical copy of Shredder's Revenge. Uh, well, not quite. Kind of. Kind of. It, it's coming from Limited Run Games. Um, you can It's on their site now to pre-order. Yeah. The standard one's pretty available, but the other, just like the other versions, like the VHS and then the, the big chungus, the big fat baby one, those are very limited qualities, quantities. So um, I would say, you know, whichever, you know, pick your poison. Um, yeah. Now, if you don't want to wait for limited run to get around to printing a copy, uh, you can totally buy it on PlayStation Network on November 15th. There you go. Uh, and this this like creates a lot of questions. So all the PlayStation 4 games are backwards compatible. On the PlayStation 5, if you bought the PlayStation 4 version of it, you're not going to get an automatic upgrade to PlayStation 5. Now, uh, what, what was it? Dot, dot Emu or whatever the name of the Dotem or whatever, whatever the name of the company is. They've come yeah. out and said that there's not really a difference between the two. So you're not missing out if you bought the PS4 version. But the main reason they're doing the PS5 version is in the future – like say a year from now, if they want to put this on retail shelves, they're going to need a PS five version to do that. Yeah. Because at some point retail shelves are not going to be, uh, the home of PlayStation four games at some point. Yeah. At some point. And so just to be on the safe side, to, to prepare for the future, they're releasing it on PS five. That way it can be ready to go when they want to throw it on Walmart shelves. Yeah, which is completely reasonable, understandable. Um, it's weird that they're not doing a Xbox Series X copy or a series version 
maybe that's coming later. Who knows? Uh, the PS5 is significantly more popular than Xbox Series, so that makes sense to do that the PS5 first. But we'll see. Yeah, I mean this is a this is a million seller, so you know they'll do you know whatever to you know sell more copies. Yeah, there's going to be a long tail on that game's uh, profitability. Oh yeah. What else we got, Jeff? Well, we're diving into more figure news. With um, great. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter for these because you don't buy these anyway, so it it you know you're 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 fine. Okay. You're fine. The folks over at Super Seven are added again with a Wave Nine of their Ultimates TMNT line. And we've got some rather interesting additions this time. Uh, We've got Zack, the Neutrino. We've got Scumbag. Scumbug. Scumbug. Scumbug, sorry. Yes. We've got Scumbug. We've got a Flocked Master Splinter. We've got Slam Duncan Don. (laughs) It looks fantastic. Uh... And we have a rather beefy wingnut and screw loose. Yeah. You can get all of these together in one bundle for three oh five. But, it, you know, it makes sense. The, 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 the prices on these are kind of weird. Yeah. Because, let's see, Zach and and uh splinter and donatello are all 55 dollars but scumbug is 65 dollars and <laughs> wingnut and screw loose are a whopping 75 yeah That's yeah a beefy baby so okay okay so, so you know how i always have an opinion on these super seven figures even though i don't buy them they're typically based on the playmates figures yeah typically this wingnut is interesting because wingnut is based on the playmates figure but screw loose who the playmates figure was like a solid color little thing in this he's actually like a a full-on little miniature figure that stands next to wingnut which i like that's that's like fixing a mistake of playmates you know original fig so i like that yeah, and Wingnut looks more like Batman, I think, than the previous Playmate version. Yeah. He looks good, though. G- yeah. Well, good if you like what Wingnut looks like. I can totally see you seeing this and going, what is that? Yeah. Because he's kind of kind of scary looking. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about this flocked splinter, though. Comes with a coffee mug. Or, no, I'm sorry, a mug of tea. So... Is unusual. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the unusual part. Part it, I didn't find out what flocked meant until like six weeks ago. Really? Huh. I had no idea because it doesn't. I, I, the word doesn't make sense in my brain. Because when I think flocked, I think oh, it's a flock of something, so it's a lot of. So are they spreading a lot of these figures around? Like, are the figures being flocked to all these stores? No, that it's he's fuzzy. Fuzzy. Are any of the other Super 7 things fuzzy? Uh, not to my knowledge. That's weird. It's 
cool, I guess. It's just weird. Yeah, it is. It is a bit that. Yeah. It looks like he comes he comes with both a cloth uh, kimono. Kimono, did I get that right? Yes. A cloth kimono and a r- rubbery plastic kimono. Mm-hmm. So so that's a win. So, so yeah, like these are good figures. Yeah. The flocked part is just very weird to me. It is. Um, what do you have to say about these? Well, these look fantastic. Um, you know, if you're, a, you know, if you grew up with the Playmates toys and just really enjoyed them and you were, you know, there are certain ones you want to add to your collection. I say go for it. I still haven't pulled the trigger on any of these, even Metalhead um, uh, or Michelangelo um, or any of their releases, to be honest. Like, I'm, a, I'm a well, and I'm not meaning that in a bad way. It's like I'm a big, huge Silverhawks fan, and I really wanted to get all those. But I'm just like, you know, I really just don't see myself spending fifty bucks, you know, on a figure like that. Like, you know, twenty, thirty-five, maybe forty, mm-hmm. you know. But you know, you're paying for probably the highest quality product. Yes, these are like the highest quality playmates looking toys you're going to buy, period. But they definitely priced them priced themselves off of my shelf. Yeah. At fifty dollars for you know, fifty or more dollars for one figure. It that it's that's just I mean you do you do the math, folks. At three hundred yeah. you know, for all of them or you know, what uh, some of the other ones I think were what, two hundred? And you've got nine waves. Mm-hmm. I mean yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, you know, that, yeah, it's 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 a quite an investment if you want all of them. Like I could I could see myself possibly getting like the core the core cast, which is you know the four turtles, Splinter, Shredder, April, Casey. If those if all of those exist, I know I don't know if they did in April, but the rest of those they did. They did. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, the rest of those I I could see myself getting, but. Once I start getting them, it's hard for me to stop. So I just have to just say, just cut it off before it starts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, w- let's see. We have more figure news. So Playmates, apparently they had enough success with their uh, their Stranger Things crossover figures that they went ahead and decided to release the other two, like the other, or Wave 2, I guess. This is going to be Michelangelo and Dustin. And Donatello and Lucas. It's an, it's an odd pairing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Dustin and Mikey, I get. Well, you would think Dustin and Donatello. Yeah. I that, that My thoughts exactly. Would be better. Yeah. Uh, I I have not bought bought the other two. Mm-hmm. I've come very close. I mean, the <laughs> turtles look great. I'm going to stop short of saying great. They look better than the other Playmates stuff. It's basically the same. Well, I don't know if that's the same mold. I know it's a new head. It's definitely a new head. But I don't know. Like these things are 40 bucks for a two pack. That's not bad. I just don't like Stranger Things enough to have those things in my house. I mean, you don't even watch Karate Kid or Cobra Kai. And you got that crap in your house. Well, I'm, I, I might be Justify offloading. That. I'm, I might be offloading those soon. So see, I knew it. Yeah, yeah. 
it, it was it was I saw them and I was like, that's real stupid. Let me buy it. Little did I know that me buying something stupid only encouraged them to make more stupid stuff. Yep. because these are pretty stupid. The Street Fighter crossover things are pretty stupid. Yeah. So I, I, I might be letting go of those at some point, but it's just whatever makes them money at this point. It's just yeah. like, we've got this license. We're going to milk it for everything that it's worth. Yeah. I do respect that the turtles are, they, they all have the red, red masks. Like yeah. that, that that's a nice touch. We'll see. But those are available to pre-order right now on target.com for $40 a piece. Um, we have one more set, a set of action figures to talk about. The only reason we're talking about it is because we don't know if we've talked about them before. If we have, I apologize. If we haven't, Hey, the loyal subjects are at it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a, another variant of the exact same figures that they've been releasing over and over and over. Uh, the turtles this time, all four of them are going to be in the style of the arcade game. That's right, Sergio, with cool-looking box art. I will give it that. But, you know, and the you know the color variants are a bit different to match, you know. But, eh. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, yeah. They're 20 bucks a piece. At, at some point, people are going to stop buying them, or they're going to... They, they've got to reach the bottom of the barrel, right? I mean, this would be a great like gift for you know, you know somebody's kid for Christmas, you know, who doesn't have any turtles figures or whatnot. Um, would it though? Would it? I think so. Like, yeah. what kid knows about this version of the turtles? Well, I mean, you know that Calbunga collection be out. These would be fantastic children's toys if they were based on a current Ninja Turtles property. I'll, I will give you that. But to say a, an arcade game from the late 80s, early – yeah, late 80s is what the children are looking for is a stretch. Again, the game it's is out. It's a stretch. It's, it's a stretch, man. It's everyone to enjoy, so it's still relevant. It's it's a stretch. It's th- These are nostalgia pieces is what they are. I guess if you're into those, like all I know is that every time I go to Walmart, they have the same turtles figures there. No one is touching them. Yeah. The same best action figures. No one is touching them. I want, uh, was it hip hop Michelangelo? That's the one I want. I have yet to see any of those in stores. Mm, Got to make room. Like I, I can At this point, I'm sure Walmart is sitting on a buttload of stock that they just can't put on shelves because the stuff that's on shelves is not moving. Yeah, probably. Or they could, you know, they could always make their toy section bigger. <laughs> Why would they dedicate more floor space to a thing that's not selling? Just don't question it. Just do it. <laughs> it's like, hey, these things aren't moving. Let's put more of them on the shelves. Hey, that'll fix it. Uh, let's see. Do we have any other news, or was that it? Uh, we have one more piece of news. Oh, that's right. What is that last piece of news, Jeff? Um, a company called Funrise Inc. Uh, has uh, partnered with Paramount Consumer Products to launch Ninja Turtles toy cars uh, next year. Um, now, this is not your Hot Wheels type deal. 
Well, yeah, it kind of is. I mean, they're they're uh, an assortment of different sized die cast, uh, ripcord, pullback, gyro vehicles, playsets, and some remote controlled vehicles. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I don't know how I feel about this. It's fine. Like, I I would like a remote controlled turtle van. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I, I don't want that. I have a remote controlled Michelangelo on a skateboard. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know anything about Funrise diecast cars. Nothing at all. Yeah, I've never I've never heard of them. I'm I'm looking at some of their products on eBay right now, and uh, the, their small diecast cars that are you know comparable to say the Hot Wheels, they don't look as nice as Hot Wheels. Maybe I'm oh. just not a Hot Wheels connoisseur, but I've I've had my share of, of, of toy cars in my day. These don't seem as as high a quality. It's like uh, what comparing Legos and what Mega Blocks. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> Mega Blocks is the is the is the worst of the two. I, yeah, yeah. But I wonder if what 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 it doesn't say in this article is whether or not this means that. Hot Wheels can't make cars anymore. I wouldn't imagine so. Because Hot Wheels has, has been making Turtles cars for years at this point. Yeah. I mean, They're always Wheels, releasing new waves. I mean, Hot Wheels is like the brand. Yeah. Does it say anywhere that it's exclusive? I don't think it does. I don't... It doesn't look like it does. Then, yeah, it's 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 likely that they just also have the license. It's just... All right. That's that's true. Nickelodeon's fine with everyone having the Turtles license. Pretty much. So, all right, cool. Well, Jeff, that's news. Yeah. All right. Well, let's shut this show down. Um, thank you for listening to Shellheads. Uh, I'm your host. No, we do have a main topic. And you were just gonna let me shut the show down. You're like, I'm gonna get some food. Bye. Well, hey. I mean, well, I've already eaten, but you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, we have a main topic that we're going to cover, but we're gonna do it when we get back welcome back jeff how was your break it was good sergio <laughs> how was yours fantastic there you go ladies <laughs> uh yeah so as i said before some deep dulcet tones of sergio. hey it's time to dive into IDW. Yeah. Uh, so, as I said before, we're, we we covered some pretty important IDW issues. Uh, they're going to be issues 45 through 50, and we also threw in the free comic book day uh, Prelude to Vengeance uh, book in there, which we'll kind of gloss over. It's a, We'll get to that when we get to that. Before we jump in, what did you think, Jeff? Oh man, just I I I I literally say this every time we read IDW. It's just like I I can't stop. I'm just hooked, um, and just always look forward to reading these books and the whole drama surrounding what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, because I remember seeing the news article. Uh, or it's just blaring all over like every channel, every news station. Mm-hmm. 
uh, spoiler alert, folks. It was like, they killed Donatello. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> they pulled yep. an Optimus Prime? I was like, no. <laughs> they killed the most useful turtle? Yeah. <laughs> and um, and then I forgot about it. And then get come back full circle to this. I was like, oh, snap, I forgot about this. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I was very eager to dive in, and there's a there's some interesting connections that I I drew parallels to. Um, oh, okay. Um, to what's going on? So, well, I'm excited to to to, to get into those. Uh, yeah. When when I read this, I, this was pre. Let's see, what year was this? 2015. Yeah. This was pre Avengers Endgame, right? Yeah. But I, I like I remember having the same feelings, like the same emotions flowing through me when I was reading this and when I was watching Avengers Endgame. It, it was one of those feelings like what did we do to deserve such a loving portrayal of these characters? Yeah. You know, it's like they got it right. My my lifelong obsession with these characters feels rewarded by the stories that are being told in the IDW books. And and book 50 is – I'm going to stop short of saying it's a masterpiece because I feel like issue 100 is a masterpiece. This is like a prelude to that masterpiece. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. But I was blown away when I first read issue 50. So so being able to finally share that with you is it, it's it's going to be special. So do you want to go ahead and get, get started? Let's jump right in. All right. So if if listeners, if you remember where we left the story off was Donatello has been, quote unquote, killed by Bebop and Rocksteady, uh, the. The Shredder is presumed dead uh, because he was on Burno Island when it was uh, when the terraform uh, or when the Technodrome started to terraform the island. Uh, however, he was at the very last minute saved by Baxter Stockman. We don't know why, though. Uh, and this issue immediately opens up with the fallout from the previous uh, issue 44. So we open up with an interesting art style that was is act, this actually needs to be addressed right now. Uh, the art for the book is for all of these books is done by Mateus uh, Santaloco, which is one of my favorites. So mine as well. Golf clap for that. However, there are sequences in this book that are on the astral plane, and all of those are drawn by Charles Paul Wilson the third. And they're done in like color pencil like um, yeah like a color pencil now now the colors are all done by Rhonda patterson or patterson but there is a distinct style like style difference it has on, a very like somebody sitting up in the rafters during pe and like coloring in their notebook or their art book and it, i i absolutely love that look yeah it's it's very dreamy which I guess is appropriate for the story they're telling here. It opens with one of those, you know, those dreamy sequences, uh, and it's Donatello in the astral plane, and he meets his mother. 
his mother from before when he was, uh, you know, human in the, the in ancient Japan. Moving forward, uh, the fugitoid busts through the portal from uh, Burno Island to say, congratulations, turtles. We did it. The plan worked only to find that Donatello's near lifeless body is on the ground and the turtles and friends are mourning uh, the loss of their brother. The fugitoid is like, what happened? And they explain what happened. He says, let me get some readings. Okay, he's not dead yet, but he's dying fast. We we have to act right now. Get him into basically a freezer, which because this was in uh, Harold's lab, uh, he keeps his his uh, servers in a freezer, which makes sense. Uh, so they moved Donatello's body to the freezer. Splinter goes, you know, immediately is is, is like. You say he's still alive. Well, I need to go find him in, you know, in the astral plane. And he starts meditating. Cut to the to the Foot Clan. Karai and, you know, and, and group learn from Koya and Bludgeon that the Shredder is presumed dead. And <laughs> Karai is angry. She is very mad that her that, you know, her two minions allowed this to happen and those two minions feel really bad for it but she assumes control of the foot clan and basically said we have to regroup no outsiders this time we're going to be stronger than ever cut to casey who is now patrolling the streets of new york basically keeping people safe in his neighborhood because the purple dragons are running amok purple dragons led by his father Hun, but I don't think Hun is in this issue. No, we'll get to that. Uh, but basically, Casey is establishing himself as the neighborhood protector uh, by beating up criminals and you know people who just want to cause chaos in the neighborhood. And yes, okay, yeah, Hun is in 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 the issue. Very last last panel of that that story. More astral plane stuff between Donnie and uh, and his mother. Uh, some really sweet panels. Especially considering he hasn't seen her in, you know, centuries at this point. Uh, and he's also the skeptical turtle. You know, the one that if it isn't science, it doesn't exist. You know, now he's firsthand experiencing other world, not necessarily otherworldly, but, you know, basically magic. So it, it's, it's, it's very informative for his character. Cut to the fugitoid who is in the freezer with Harold trying to explain to them, to him saying, I accidentally put my brain into this, this, this uh, robot. I think I can do that with Donatello, but we have to act now. The turtles decide, you know what? We can't just hang around here. We don't know what's going on in the city. We don't know what's going on with the shredder. Like we've, we've got to go. We've got to patrol, find out what's going on. Last segment is, the Shredder waking up in Baxter's bedroom. Uh, Baxter is like, hey, bro, look, don't get mad at me. I saved you. Uh, and because of that, we're going to we're going to have a deal or my flyborgs are going to kill you. And the Shredder reluctantly says, fine, what do you want? Uh, and in the very the very last couple pages have Splinter approaching Donatello and his mother, basically saying, Donatello, uh, come with me. We have your family needs you. We have unfinished business. You know, let's return home. The very last panel is Donatello waking up in the body of Metalhead. 
Oh, yeah. Which is where I kick it to you. How excited were you when this happened? It went my excitement went through the roof. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember I remember you kind of spoiling everything. Uh, <laughs> and I knew this was coming. Um, but I was not prepared for how awesome the next chunk of issues uh, was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Like them p- p- finding a way to keep Donatello alive by referencing the technology that f- the Fugitoid used to, you know, to move his consciousness to a robot is nothing short of story genius. Yeah. Yeah. A- and what's wild is they did a really good job of keeping everything secret because when, when these books came out, like, as you said, issue 44 killed Donatello, you know, it, it made national news. It, I, I believe it was like on like morning news uh, of going forward. You know, your favorite Ninja Turtle group is going to be short one turtle. IDW has killed Donatello. And, you know, it was huge news. Yeah. And for a month, Donatello was full on dead. Like I was trying to come to terms with how are they going to tell stories with just three turtles? Yeah. You know, like I, it, it affected me in a way that I didn't think was going to happen. And then when, when this happened at the end of this issue, I was shocked and thrilled because not only does this save Donatello, but it actually gives some, some, some story meat to, to metalhead because prior to this, he was just a tool. Yeah. Uh, What do you think about the rest of the issue? So, man you know it just it just keeps building on there's just more and more character development mm-hmm. you know that that's come that comes forward and just like when and i'm gonna go b- back to this i know we're like almost 50 issues in but it's like when peter laird sold this or sold you know all the rights to viacom mm-hmm all of us, I think, collectively feared the worst. Yeah, yeah. Um, seeing just everything, just kind of like it's 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 so much a core of. I think they're more of a family than they have been in any other you know iteration. Like it's more together, and like one of the things that really stood out is you see how Raphael is dealing with what happened to Don. Yeah. And he keeps beating himself up and beating himself up until Michelangelo's kind of just like had enough and called him out. And I'm like, whoa, because, you know, we're not used to seeing Mikey just kind of blow up. And mm-hmm. that was very refreshing um, to see. Um, it's just because we all know that Mikey is the heart of the group. And he's kind of like, you know, relatively quiet about confrontation and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And and we see the first kind of, uh, like, pebbles of Michelangelo's, like, I don't want to say personality turn, but his – he's so averse to fighting. He fights because he has to, you know, and he doesn't – 
underst- he doesn't understand why Splinter and the Turtles are so committed to the the long term battles that they've been committed to. You know, he he just hungers for peace and quiet and pizza. just t- what's that? <laughs> and pizza. <laughs> Well, yeah, and pizza. Uh, but he just he just wants his family to be a family. And this issue was kind of the fir- one of the first times we see him making that turn to actually put his foot down and say, no, this is what I want. You know, and and, 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 and the shocked look on Raphael's face when he confronts them, I was like, that's kind of all that weight and emotion is in that single panel. And you just you feel it. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there's so much good in, in this issue, so much. And and a lot of it is setting up the pawns and, you know, the, the, the other chess pieces for the, you know, the following four or five issues, which ends up being the vengeance uh, storyline. I, I like I don't really have any complaints. I don't know if I'm a super fan of where they're going with Casey's character. Mm. It kind of feels shoehorned in. But he clearly does have unfinished business with Hun. Yeah. You know, uh, and the, it, it, Casey's approach to c- protecting the city, protecting the neighborhood of if someone is doing a rob, you know, robbery, I'm just going to beat the crap out of them and they'll mm-hmm. go away. Like, that's not that's not a sustainable model of protection. Right. Because then somebody else is just going to come along and replace him. Yeah, like all it takes is Casey to take a lunch break and boom, they're going to get robbed anyway. You know, that that's just not sustainable. But the way they're telling the story here, like it's it's not bad. It just isn't very realistic. Right. You know, Uh, especially if like the person that he saves, he gives him a what is that? A a mallet of what is that? Cricket bat. It's cricket bat. Yeah, it's a cricket cricket bat. Like if that guy's trying to protect his his store and his home with a cricket bat, and someone shows up with a shotgun, there's not much that he can do. This is true. You know, I'm I'm not and I'm I'm not the person who's gonna be like, let me propose a way to fix it. I'm just saying, the believability is a little bit weak. Um, but again, it's a story about five foot tall mutant turtles. <laughs> true. But this aspect of the story is only it's only humans. This is also true. You know, like it's dealing with a human problem with human characters. So you would think there would be a bit bit more, you know, a bigger nugget of realism in it just so it flows better. But, you know, small it's a small complaint in a fantastic book. Right. Well, let's move on to issue 46. Okay, issue 46 uh, opens with Donatello's lifeless body on uh, a basically a gurney uh, as they're trying to heal it while his his consciousness is inside Metalhead. Uh, Donatello is trying to, to figure out what's up with being in a robot. Like why? Like I feel different, but I'm still me. It's just really we. It's it's very weird for him, obviously. Uh, and the other characters uh, are, you know, trying to come to terms with Donatello laying on a table and him being a robot now. Like there's there's a lot of conversation around uh, what led to this and whose fault it, it is. Was the story, you know, was the, the mission a success? That kind of stuff. And here's where we kind of see 
more evidence that Alopex and Raphael are kind of going to be a thing, right? Yeah. Which mirrors what what happened in the the Archie series when Ninjara and Raphael were were a full on thing, right? Uh, which is that, that like that's a really good callback. I like that. She is seen comforting him uh, because that, that's who Raphael is when when he has he really only has two emotional settings. One is anger and two is self-hatred. Yeah. You know, he he doesn't have much nuance beyond that. And Alopex steps in to just kind of be like, it, it's OK, man, like we're going to get through this uh, things. Things are bad. He's a robot, but we're working on it, you know, so. uh Alopex and nobody or Angel uh, decide they're going to go see what Casey's up to, you know, because that's what they do now. They kind of patrol the city. Cut to Casey, who is at April's parents' house, which he's kind of been working for them and doing odd jobs here and there around second time around. And his dad, which we established, you know, several issues ago, Hun, is there drunk and threatening April's parents. Uh, April's dad is adorably trying to attack him with a stapler. <laughs> Cute. Uh, but yeah, Hun is just completely hammered uh, and talking about how he doesn't have to kill Casey now because the Shredder's dead. Good news. I don't have to kill you, which is that's pretty funny. Uh, right as uh, Hun starts to, you know, hint that he's going to get violent. Angel and Alapex show up and he is now. Uh, outnumbered, he breaks the the liquor bottle that he's holding and he leaves, basically saying this isn't over. Uh, Karai and the Foot Clan continue their their regroup, uh, and Karai has completely established um, control. She, what does she do? <laughs> okay, here's what <laughs> Karai. This is where she establishes that the Foot Clan is going to be very insular. There's not going to be any outsiders. We're going to rise up and, you know, we're going to, quote unquote, cut the cancer from our collective being. She's, this is just a kind of a check in on, on what the Foot Clan is doing. The Fugitoid and Donatello have some pretty interesting conversations about what it means to be in a body as a digital being. Right. And it's really some high level conceptual you know, ideas of, you know, phantom pains and sensations that you shouldn't be having as a robot because you're a robot. Like, why does your back hurt? You don't have a back like this. This body isn't the one that had the shell cracked, but you're feeling it anyway. Yeah. And like he feels smarter, like he can think faster, but he's not smarter than he was. It's it, it's it's a real weird conundrum there. And. I love that they're addressing it because they could just skip right over this stuff and, and never actually talk about the, you know, the, the details of being a robotic being, but they immediately jump into it. Mikey is having a slice of pizza with his buddy. Uh, what's this guy's name? Woody. He's having a slice of pizza with his buddy, Woody. And he's here. He, he's actually talking, you know, talking about, you know, where does all this lead? Like, the fighting just leads to more fighting. Like at some point, when does this stop? You know, and, and it, it's, he's, he's really vulnerable in that moment. And it's a conversation that he just can't seem to have with his brothers, which is interesting. Yeah. 
Uh, cut to April, who is approaching the uh, the professor that was previously featured in the secret history of the Foot Clan. Uh, she, she's been in contact with him, and uh, he has a rare uh, or one of a kind uh, foot pamphlet that he basically st- or scroll. Sorry, not a pamphlet, a scroll uh, that he stole from the Foot Clan uh, that gives details on a pantheon of ancient beings. Which is a huge foreshadow into you know what is coming you know post book fifty, but we'll get to that later. More importantly, this is the seed that starts the Casey and April miniseries that we'll be reading next time we do the IDW series. Unfortunately, that professor is immediately murdered by a foot assassin. We now cut to. <laughs> shredder and baxter and it's very much a you scratch my back i'll scratch your back i have an army of basically an infinite army of flyborgs and uh mausers who you can use to kill the turtles blah 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 they're uh, they're aligned and they're going to work together we know that the 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 issue ends with casey alopex and angel looking out the window at uh you know at Case or April's parents' house to an army of purple dragons outside the window, all led by the still completely hammered Hun. And the book is to be continued. So that's a new bottle of liquor, too. New bottle of liquor, of course. You got to got to get a refill, man. Yeah. Uh, so this this book is very much a like more set up to get to where the end of the vengeance arc ends up going. What'd you think? Man, it's just like, it's all soap opera. It's all just like, you know, you're, you're hooked. Like you can't, you literally can't stop reading these books. Yeah. It just continues to build and just the writing and the art is just continues to be fantastic. Um, I really enjoyed the back and forth between, uh, Metal Don and the Fugitoid. Um, I really liked the the Alapex and Raphael scenes mm-hmm. a lot because I love I love Alapex. It's like one of my favorite characters. Um, and it's it's really cool to see her and Angel uh, kind of you know partner up you know for you know superhero team up and the the fact that she's uh, Angel is teasing her about, oh, like, what was it? I was like, well, what are, uh, like, Raph is, Raph is leaving, and she's like, what are friends for? And then Angel's like, friends, huh? Like, what? <laughs> oh, oh, nothing, friend. You know, so like that, that little, that nice little ribbing, like, she knows what's going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is a really nice touch. Um, man, every time we see Hun, like, you know, you thought the 2K3 version was tough. No, he was a he was a five month year old puppy dog compared to this version. <laughs> like each one of his arms are literally should be registered weapons. They're literally bigger than than April's dad, yeah. which still looks like Rob Paulson. <laughs> now remember, Hun has been enhanced. He has. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so there is a story reason why he is so big, but you're right. Hun is a beefy baby. 
Yeah. Yeah. Very, very, very dude bro. Um, who gets extra power from liquor. Um, <laughs> Don't we all? Well, maybe you. <laughs> it's always great to see Woody uh, and Mikey just kind of, you know, chill out instead of just, instead of just like, hey, I'm going to get a pie and go. Well, like, oh, well, hey, let's have a little chat. Catch up. Yeah, yeah. And and I, I know how much you like Mikey, and he's – I do love Mikey. Don't get me wrong, but I always feel like his character never gets the justice that the other three do. Like he's always just kind of the comic relief or the little brother that's like, and eh, we'll talk about you later. That's what they're do- it is. Yeah, the, what they're doing with his character in this arc is fantastic. Yes. Uh, and the first time I read this, I was like, what are they doing? Like they're doing something here. Like they're spending time with Michelangelo saying these things and it's going to be important at some point. Yeah. So see, seeing them set this up is is fantastic in this this issue. I agree. Because uh, I'm I'm tired of the comic relief stuff. I'm like look, I, that's that's been done to death. Yeah. Let's let's do something different. Mm-hmm. You know, have like you know, and it's like when we were watching uh, 2K12 and when what would they went back to North Northampton, um. And everything that happened, Mikey should have been more concerned about things. Right. Uh, yeah, well, they, they have a bit more freedom in the comics. You know? Yeah. You know, the, the, in, a t- in a kid's show, they kind of have to have somebody there to to be funny. It's 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 kind of a, a downside of of it being a kid's show. Yeah. But the, the only thing I have to say here is I really love that – Despite everything happening in this issue, they found time to set up the Pantheon. Yeah. Which, uh, this is not a spoiler, but the Pantheon to this day is still an issue. Like, that, that's how important those characters end up being. So, uh, and, and as I said, this directly sets up a miniseries. So getting this out of the way in this book and not having to touch on it later in this run... Smart, very smart. Yeah, because it gives people time to kind of forget about. Then they're like, oh wait, we talked about that already. Yeah, yeah. And and if we're talking about release order, like the the Casey Jones April books started coming out, I believe a month after this, mm-hmm. if not a month later, like two months later. Right. Can, like chronologically speaking, they fit after the Vengeance run. Okay. So that's why we're reading those next time. I gotcha. I I feel like there was a terrible injustice. Um, the fact that um, what was it Professor Miller? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he kind of bought it by this, you know, whatever, you know, what's that mysterious foot guy? He really missed the mark by not saying it's Miller time and just slice. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Jeff. <laughs> I just love that they killed someone. Someone like th- I this mean, perf- really hard. Like yeah. this is this is a pretty brutal way to go. Yeah, it, like this Professor Miller character is absolutely disposable. Like he, yep. all he, all they needed from him was this scroll, and yep. them deciding, you know what, we don't need him. Just kill him. It, yep. it, I respect it so much. But the biggest reveal, um. 
was TCRI. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. TCRI uh, is a, basically a, a side company created by Baxter Stockman, and it has the name Techno Cosmo. What was it? Techno? Yeah, te- Techno Cosmic Research Institute. So it's 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 cool that it's Baxter's thing. Yeah. Yeah. It is but, weird seeing Shredder looking like, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to say it, Steven Seagal. <laughs> He's cooler than Steven Seagal. But, uh, <laughs> you know, seeing him in, like, civilian yeah. clothes is kind of weird. Uh, let's move on. Next up is the Prelude to Vengeance free comic book day like summary book you know you know almost every year there's a turtles free comic book day book and usually it's one that gives you a like a summary to say hey here's a big chunk of the story for you to get caught up on that way if you want to start buying these turtles books you're caught up and we're good to go this one covers a lot of ground uh it's it I'm not going to go over all of it because a lot of it is story we already know. But basically, it starts with with Splinter meditating, kind of telling the backstory of the the him and his sons being murdered in ancient Japan and then being reincarnated as turtles and and a, and a rat, uh, and it like everything leading up to Donatello's near death experience uh, and. They even go through Leonardo's uh, short short time as a member of the Foot Clan and Hun being Casey's dad. And they talk about both Alopex and uh, Angel. They mention Karai. Like they, they cover a lot of ground here. They, they, they also talk about the Mutanimals, uh, Bebop and Rocksteady, who Harold is. Uh, the, the 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 arc with Krang and you know Koya and Bludgeon, basically everything leading up to the moments before the Vengeance storyline. Hmm. So yeah, so so this this Prelude to Vengeance is a really good lead into the the next issues that we get, that we have. Uh, the reason we read it here is because of where it, you know. The, the the little bit of new content we have here fits right after issue 46. Mm-hmm. And that's because that's when it came out. It was it, it came out right after 46. So they didn't want to spoil anything and they didn't want to, you know, not be lined up with the current continuity. Did anything from this stand out? Um, definitely. Um. When the turtles uh, confront Hun mm-hmm. and the purple dragons, um, and probably the most part, the, the the part that stands out the most to me is when um, Donatello uh, is going just full on like, "Hey, I've got weapons. Uh, and here's flamethrower. <laughs> here's laser beams." I was like, "Oh." I'm a transformer now and just totally turns into like mini turtle van mode uh, is still not quite uh, got the handle on <laughs> the new body and just like, you know, hits a curve and like, like swerves into a you know alley full of garbage, um, which is absolutely adorable. Yep. <laughs> it feels uh, very uh, 
short circuit esque. Oh yeah, yeah. When when I read that, I was like, Jeff's gonna love that. Jeff's yeah. gonna absolutely love that. <laughs> I was like, I just had the biggest. I have the biggest smile, grin on my face right now. Um, so that's probably my favorite moment um, from this. Oh, but it, yeah, it's it's definitely you know your your filler, your recap episode, and, and which it, with a little bit of like new content splashed in, which is fine. Um. And and honestly, that's what that's what you really want when it comes to a free comic book day, because right. uh, like theoretically, you're getting new readers. Yeah. So you want them to be up to speed and ready to buy new books the next week. Yeah. Uh, but if you don't have anything else for 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 the you know free comic book day book, let's move on to forty seven. All right. Issue number 47 starts where issue 46 left off, and that was Hun and the Purple Dragons uh, attempting to attack uh, Casey and uh, Alapex and uh, Angel uh, outside of second time around. Uh, And from there, a full-on melee breaks out. Uh, Several pages of uh, of, uh, the fight uh, uh, play out. And basically what we learn is in the short time that Casey has been patrolling the neighborhood and and keeping people safe, he has developed a lot of allies, Uh, both the the shop owner and uh, uh, April's dad come out with makeshift weapons. Uh, Casey's dad had what, a toaster? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he had a toaster that he came out and was, you know, trying to beat up purple dragons uh, with. And basically – what they're establishing here is Casey is good at at creating unity in a community. That they're you know willing to come out and 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 back him up when you know things get nasty. Uh, the fight continues for several pages uh, and eventually it's broken up by the police that were called by I believe April's mom and a whole like SWAT unit shows up and Detective Kara Lewis. Uh, is in charge, and they take Casey's, or they take Hun into custody. And <laughs> there's a really funny s- sequence where one of her uh, officers was like, "Hey, did you see that giant white fox?" And she's like, "Nope, nope, that's too much paperwork. Let's ignore that and just be happy that we got Hun," which was a nice touch. Uh, moving on, April re- uh, brings the scroll that she f- that she got from uh, the professor to. Splinter and the turtles, and he's like, hmm, this this is interesting. We don't need to destroy this. There's a lot to learn from it. And April says, well, give it to me. Like, me uh, me and Casey, we'll we'll go to, you know, the Southwest and kind of take a vacation and try to learn as much as we can about this because it's indicated that that that's a place that they can learn more about the scroll. And Splinter's like, you know what? Go for it. We have our hands full anyway. Uh, This is all happening at, I believe, yeah, at the Turtles' um, church headquarters, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the next sequence is Koya and Bludgeon telling uh, Kurai about the fight that they had with the Turtles that actually happened in the Prelude to Vengeance uh, book. Uh, and they they mention that the <laughs> they fought a smart robot that could, bl- that could breathe fire. Uh, but while they're doing that, the Shredder shows up, revealing that he is not dead, and he has his buddy, his new buddy, Baxter Stockman, with him. Uh, of course, Karai being, you know, just one issue ago saying, hey, we don't bring outsiders in is pretty um, 
pretty uh she, she's questioning hey what what are you doing what you just got betrayed by the last person you brought in why are you bringing in more people mm-hmm. uh, and shredder's like you don't worry little girl this vengeance is my vengeance not the foot clans me and baxter are going to take care of something and baxter puts on this this doc brown looking helmet uh, that he has designed to control the flyborgs and the flying Mausers. Uh, they then are, they leave the TCRI building, the, the, you know, the, the flyborgs and Mausers. And again, detective Lewis is like, eh, let's, let's not worry about those as they fly above her car. The flyborgs fly directly to the turtles, uh, church lair. And, attack fugitoid and donatello see this uh, at harold's lab on like a like a radar and they're like oh no we have to help the end of the book is the turtles standing in their destroyed living room as they're attacked by an an unknown number of baxter's robots and that's where it's left off on a, on a somewhat of a cliffhanger and it's only three of the turtles it's leo mikey and raf of course donatello is at harold's um lab trying to figure out the best way to transport his body to a safe place so he can heal this book what'd you think it's just you know i'm at a loss for words (laughs) for these because it's just you know it's i don't have anything bad to say about any of this And it sounds like I'm being, you know, uh, a yes man. I'm like, no, it's genuinely that good. There's just more. This is peak Ninja Turtles. That's a great way to put this. Great way to put it. Peak. Yeah, yeah. Like the 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 level of skill that they're (laughs) they're using to weave all of these different stories in and out of each other is masterful. Because there's, what, like six different groups of characters doing six different things, and they're giving page time to every single one of them, with all of them leading in the same direction. Yeah, and not every time that something like this is done is executed well, but it's executed absolutely just to perfection. Yeah, yeah. And this isn't a complaint at all because i absolutely love serialized stuff like this i want my stories to go places i want to be able to look forward to what's next in the story but telling your story in this style makes it almost impossible for someone to just say let me pick up issue 47 and just get what you need out of issue 47 you know that that, that's something that you could do with a lot of the original turtles books was just buy one and it be its own self-contained story. Yeah. Again, it's not a complaint because this is how I prefer books to be. I can see how outsiders could consider this, this uh, run as impenetrable Mm -hmm. because if you don't have, you know, the story from books one through 45, you're not going to understand 46, 47 and prelude to vintage does do a lot of, you know, work to, to iron that out. But Telling someone, well, you just need to start at issue one is a real daunting task. It is. And the landscape is 
so much different now than it was like 20, 30 years ago. I would say, well, well, maybe. I mean, you've got your, what, you had like four or five spinoffs of Spider-Man, you know, and some of them were, you know, following that serialized storytelling and others were just kind of like, oh, well, let's just go have a fun adventure, you know, in this issue. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, no, I totally get it, but I guarantee you, everyone out there listening, you start at number one, just like us, you are not going to stop. You're like, <laughs> oh, let me just read everything. Find a nice, you know what? Holidays are coming up. Find a nice, cozy corner, get everything all ready, and just start ordering these trades. Just go to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You won't be disappointed. Uh, right. Do you have any nuggets or anything else you want to want to point out here? Um, I'm I'm seeing seeing like the neighborhood kind of come together to kind of you know well not kind of but like to kick back the the purple dragons, uh, which was very was very interesting. I was kind of worried there for a minute that I thought that Hun was like going to cripple April's dad. And I was like, Oh my God, I was just going to be like inconsolable. I'm like, he just got better. (laughs) It's also kind of interesting that you see like the the color transitions in these panels, like blue and like blues and reds and stuff. The, the, the color, you know, just everything all throughout these issues is just fantastic. Just dynamic off the page. Nothing's, ever just too dark where you can't see anything. Um, and I love the black and white issues, but some of those issues, man, especially what was it? The image run. You can't tell what's going on. It's very true. <laughs> Cause there was no balancing any of those blacks or whites. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, the, I, I, I want to say, is it real Rhonda? Yeah. Rhonda Patterson. Like she does a really good job of using color to transition from scene to scene. So like specifically in the ba- the use of like background colors, everything with the, the Casey and Hun fight scene, all of those background colors are similar. They're, they're blues. They're, they're, you know, it looks like it's night, right? But as soon as that part of the story is over, they transition to the turtles and splinter and, 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 uh, and April, the backgrounds are white to, tell you this is a different place this is yeah. a different setting these are different characters it's almost like you're reading a different book during those pages and then when you keep going you jump into more grays and more blue like like a dark like really dark blues when you get to the, the foot clan stuff again to transition to say this is yet another setting yeah and like when you get to the turtles the colors are very light um you know it just depends on the scene really yeah yeah it's um, it's it's really well put together yeah um i really enjoyed uh seeing splinter kind of just pour over this ancient scroll um and then just kind of like what is this thing you know um and then seeing of course the return of the shredder gosh just like the the entire onslaught attack of where the turtles are by the Flyborgs and Mousers. That oh, that scene was just... I, I was getting worried. Yeah. yeah. Don Tello, so I was, like, was kind of like on the edge of my seat. I'm like, oh, wait, what's going on? And then that last panel, um, 
the things that I loved about the Mirage comics where you would get these big splash pages of like, here's a whole action scene or here where it's, it's so big. It takes up two pages, you know, mm-hmm. and then that last panel is nothing but flyborgs, mousers, turtles, like what's going on. Um, you yeah, know, so it, it's, it's, it's ominous. Nice. It is ominous. And it's very nice to see that they continue doing those splash pages throughout, um, uh, this this run yeah yeah well well jeff let's move to 48 uh we're we're, we're getting there we're getting there yep. to, to the to the big number 50 we open up on uh where 57 left off and that was the flyborgs and the mausers attacking splinter and the turtles at their lair now mind you this is where donatello's lifeless body is is sitting like this is that they have to protect Donatello while also fighting all these the, these robots. Uh, this entire issue is basically an action sequence mm-hmm. uh, with some story stuff and some situational stuff interspersed into it. Uh, Leonardo has a plan to you know get, get the robots away from Donatello's body because it becomes very obvious that. The robots are they're there to kill Splinter. That's that's their job. So he leaves Michelangelo with the body of Donatello and draws them away from, you know, from that situation. Very shortly after that, pretty much immediately, uh, Metal Don shows up and he's like, hey, Mikey, you know, it, I check this out. We have a plan. My body's going to be safe. The Fugitoid uses the teleporter. Harold's teleporter to send Donnie's body to Burno Island. So we don't have to worry about that anymore. Uh, at the same time, Harold gives word to Angel and Alapex that they need to help the turtles and gives the coordinates. Uh, we then cut to the po- police truck that Hun is being transported in. Uh, it blows up or an explosion happens beneath it. Uh, all parties inside the vehicle are alive. However, the mutanimals show up to free Hun from his you know, from his chains and basically say, hey, bro, we need you. Uh, they don't give us very many details as to why. But now Hun and the mutanimals are working together, which is an interesting, interesting uh, combo. Mm-hmm. More on that to come. Not in these issues, but. Again, more foreshadowing. Hey, this is going to be your next story arc. So there's, there's, th- this is going to play out in issue fifty one and, and on. Uh, cut to the the shredder who is talking with Kitsune and uh, they're they're discussing, uh, you know, what Baxter is currently doing by controlling all the robots with his little brain thing. And also, uh, the shredder is pretty pissed off at Karai. Like he is not happy with you know the the things that she tried pulling while he was gone for that short amount of time, uh, and for, from there we we kind of see where Karai and his characters are going. Baxter is still controlling the robots, uh, and the turtles are still fighting the robots. Uh, they they end up trying to go underwater to get away from them, uh, only to be attacked when they come back up outside of the 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 the, the, the lair. And things are looking pretty dire. Michelangelo om- or Raphael almost drowns, which is n- n- not good. Uh, they 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 keep running and keep 
fighting and they're eventually met by Alapex and Angel. Uh, so now it's five against an infinite number of robots. Five, one, two, three, four, no, six against a nearly infinite number of robots. But they still can't seem to, to quell the attack. Uh, and we again finish an issue with a giant splash page of Baxter's robots attacking our heroes. Oh, yeah. So while it may seem like not much happened during the issue, uh, we did get a lot of uh, just real quick story beats moving stuff along. Yeah. Uh, what'd you think? Just that, that everything's just building more and more and more, you know, and you say, like you said, there's a lot of action beats in this. Yeah. Um, which I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of action. So, (laughs) um, probably my favorite moment is when Mikey is looking over Don's real body and then, (laughs) Metalhead shows up. It's like, it's like, hey, who just, where, which has a, <laughs> or however that was, I don't know, I can't even pronounce what he's saying. And he just freaks out. I was like, oh man, you can't scare me like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that. I love those little moments. Um, uh, and, uh, Probably my next favorite thing, of course, you know, when uh, Hunt is being transported, you always see the, the transport like police, you know, wagon, van, whatever. It always blows up. It's like in every action movie. I'm like, this this serial <laughs> killer ain't going to make it. True, true. Like, it's one of those situations where you only show the wagon if it's going to explode. Otherwise... Yeah. You just yeah. assume Hun made it to jail. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, oh, well, the police are dazed. And it's like, oh, the back just doors just suddenly opened or, you know, whatever. But it's a wonderful cliche, which I never really get tired of. Because um, <laughs> I love me some action movies. It's mainly what was it, 80s, and, it was 80s and 90s and maybe some early 2000s. Anyway, I digress. It literally happened in uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Out of the Shadows. The no, the, the foot the Foot Clan breaks a shredder out of a out of a police vehicle just like that. I had really just kind of like blacked all of that out. <laughs> so you know, but yeah, it's yep. it's you can always guess where the story is going next. Uh, yeah. Um, probably my other favorite moment, and I, you know where I'm going, uh, when the turtles are trying to escape, uh, uh, through the sewers, through an underwater, you know, deal. Yeah. Uh, Metal Don's like, oh, hang on, I got this. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You don't need to, you don't need to swim like that, you know? I'll just turn into, uh, you know, a cheapskate. Not a cheapskate. Sewer ski, sewer ski. Mm-hmm. Um, that was just absolutely the best. It really was really cool. I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I oof that that whole splash page when they come out of the of uh from the sewer into the uh the lake, a river, whatever it is. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a river. Um, God, man. 
Those yeah. things were just terrifying, man. I was just like, oh, I don't, I don't want to fight those. <laughs> yeah, and, and how do you fight them when you're swimming? Like, that's even worse. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's, the, the terror is, is very much there. And of course, all of that is just conveyed so beautifully, uh, by the artwork. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> what I really appreciated with this issue and e- even some in the previous issues were, yes, they're clearly building up to a really l- big event. Yeah. But they're systematically removing the characters out that don't need to be there. Right. So they removed April. They removed Casey. They removed uh, Hun. The Mutanimals, the, 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 the police officers, like... The stories regarding those characters are not part of this. So we're just going to get their stories out of the way and focus on the characters we need to. And they're also kind of taking them out of their comfort zone. Oh, yeah. It's always the, oh, you're comfortable in the lair? Well, it's destroyed. Uh, uh, what? Not again. <laughs> your, your safe house is destroyed. Not again. You know. Every time, every time, I was like, "Can we just stay secret, hidden, for once?" <laughs> Issue forty-nine. Here's where it really hits the fan. So we open with a really interesting page that almost seems—I uh, don't even know what it seems. It's—it's it's a page that I never thought I would see. It's Bludgeon, Koya, Bebop, and Rocksteady all in the same room. And Bebop and Rocksteady are just chowing down on junk food. Like, they just living it up, as they always do. Bludgeon and Koya, uh, much smarter, much more reserved, much more honorable characters, are just kind of staring at him like, how? what is going on? How do they just live life like that? But, you know, because basically it's like two sides of the evil coin. You have evil just because it's fun to be evil, and then you have... The other side, we're evil because we are bound to our, you know, our masters to do their bidding. And it's 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 a cool juxtaposition of these characters. We don't get to see them converse very often. So it's it, I, I just really liked this one page a lot. Yeah. Um, moving forward, uh, the turtles are still being attacked by Baxter's robots. Uh, however, Within the first two panels or first two pages, a bunch of foot soldiers show up and just start wasting these robots uh, left and right. Just takes out the entire uh, flyboard army. And to reveal that Karai has arrived at the, the battleground with her army of foot ninjas specifically to talk to Splinter. Uh, she basically says, uh, my master... You know, Orokusaki wants vengeance on you. Uh, however, as a, a practicer of, you know, honor in the Foot Clan, the way he's doing it is not honorable, and I just can't stand for it. Uh, and Splinter's like, all right, I'm down with that. Uh, I, I get it. You, you want us to, you know, you want to fight us, but that's not what's happening today. Let's chat. And so she talks to Karai. Uh, we then move on to... Uh, the Technodrome on Burno Island. Donatello's body is there, so is the Fugitoid, uh, and they're trying to... Uh, the, the Fugitoid has made him a brand new shell, because, of course, his, his natural one was was uh, smashed uh, by Rocksteady. Uh, 
It's just to get it to attach to his body, he needs some of the green mutagen that is currently keeping the Utrams in a stas- alive in a stasis at the Technodrome. So he has this moral quandary. He's like, do I kill these Utrams to keep Donatello alive? Because I would have to, you know, remove them from their stasis pods. Uh, I, I, what do I do? Only to see a hand pop up on screen that looks like an alligator or crocodile hand holding a basically one big unit of uh, mutagen. Mm-hmm. So looks like we're getting leatherheads soon. Yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, that's a cool little, again, foreshadowing stuff for the future, but more importantly, giving the fugitoid what he needs to save Donatello. Uh, Karai and her army of uh, foot ninjas are now back at the foot headquarters and shredder has it l- completely lost his temper on Karai. She has disobeyed his, you know, his orders. She has meddled in his business. He is not happy. He is ready to punish her, probably kill her. Right. But before he's able to do that, she reveals Look at this. I brought I, I brought your enemies to you, grandfather. And he's like, you did what? Uh, at that moment, the four turtles, of course, Metal Don is, you know, one of the one of those four. Uh, Alopex, Angel and Splinter all reveal themselves in the sea of, of foot soldiers. Instead of just immediately attacking, Kitsune convinces Shredder to hear him out and Splinter explains to Shredder that this battle has existed for centuries. We can finish this now. I challenge you to something called the gauntlet, which apparently is this ancient honorable way of, you know, settling disputes where in the end, one of the two parties dies. But but before, you know, the big final battle, you have your subordinates slash students who have to fight each other. Uh, to, to, to help settle this, this argument, which means the four turtles are going to be pitted against Bebop and Rocksteady, Bludgeon and Koya, all four of which are significantly bigger and stronger than the four turtles. The Shredder, uh, agrees to this fight, uh, and there's a giant, beautiful splash page, uh, you know, of, of the two parties standing, uh, across from each other in what is basically a battle arena. Uh, Splinter explains to the turtles, this is the only way this, you know, that we find peace. Uh, Specifically, he has to explain it to Michelangelo. But we'll get to that. Uh, The rest of this issue is basically the beginning of the gauntlet. Uh, Alopex and Angel are left out. Like they, they, they don't have a say in this fight and just have to stand at the, at the sides while the turtles battle the, the the four most devastatingly large minions that they can possibly you know battle and by the end of the issue the things are not looking good for the four turtles the the they, the, the blunt force of those four bad guys has kind of overtaken them uh, but as always to be continued that's where issue 49 leaves off uh, also, Kitsune is doing some weird mind stuff, mind stuff to, uh, Alopex. Now, remember, Alopex used to be in the Foot Clan, so she is very familiar with Kitsune and her, her, her magic. 
but something is happening there. They don't really explain it yet, but something's happening. What'd you think, Jeff? Again, it's uh, that intensity is ramping up. It really is. It really, really is. It's um, I didn't expect a very like Thunderdome esque uh issue. Of course, <laughs> we've added more than two people in our you know one person leaves deal, but you know, um. I really, as much as I hate the Flyborg, not, not hate isn't like, like I don't like them in the sense of like, you know, like you're playing a video game and you get, you know, these these massive waves of enemies might just go away. It's like they're they're characters that you love to hate, and it, it's it's great to see Baxter controlling them with his helmet, um, that he can like kind of see through their eyes, which mm-hmm. is is fascinating to me. Um, and, uh, you know, seeing this, uh, power play from Karai is very not, <sighs> I'll use that word. It's, it's very much like you're underestimating me. I'm going to do something better. <laughs> if you push me, you push my buttons far too many times. Like, okay, I'm, I've had enough. And that's yeah. nice to see a, her do something different than just be like, oh, yes, master, you know, you know, yeah, of course I'll do, you know, whatever. So like, you know what? I ain't feeling that anymore. Yeah, yeah. And the thing about Karai's character is the Foot Clan that she was raised in was not like it was basically just a business. Right. And she had only heard tales of how you know honorable and how like influential the foot clan was in you know centuries before so she doesn't she hasn't been trained to to just be a cold-blooded killer like the shredder yeah and so basically she's going by her book knowledge going this isn't the right thing to do yeah and shredder's like i i don't care like I, you know, I'm going to get this done. And she's like, no, 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 no. Someone has to bring some levity to this, this situation, which it, as you said, it is, it is very, um, it's good to see her taking, taking initiative that kind of grounds shredders, just absolute chaos. Yeah. Uh, this, this story has no side stories. Ex- it, well, except for the one, the, the, the couple of panels with, uh, or the couple of pages with Harold and the Fugitoid, those of course still are leading to the same, same ending here. But there's no like, there's there's no April, there's no Casey, there's no Hun. You know, all those all those things are put on the shelf until we're done with this main story. Yeah. And this main story has so many beautiful Santa Loco panels. It's absolutely breathtaking. Yeah, it, it, it he was just given free reign to just do he's like make every panel awesome. And he's like way ahead of you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Probably one of my favorite panels is, uh, you know, after everything has kind of gone south, uh, Baxter's like, yo, I'm out, B. <laughs> mm hmm. <laughs> just like books it out of there. I'm like, you know. 
he's 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 the smart character in a in a horror movie. Is like, no, I I I ain't going into that house. I'm gonna <laughs> get that running vehicle right there. Going going to uh, live to fight another day, as, as they say. Exactly. Exactly. This uh this conversation between Splinter and Michelangelo is abs an absolute highlight of this book. Yes. It you know they've established that the shredder problem is not going to go away until the shredder is dead. You know, like that, that is, that's Canon at this point. And Michelangelo being everything, everything, but a pacifist is like, there's, is there no other way? What does this mean? Like, why would you agree to this? Is, are you actually going to murder someone dad? And splinter just, just, just puts it out there and says, Either whatever happens today, you four will know peace. Because if I die, the Shredder no longer has beef with you. If I kill the Shredder, he's no longer a problem. So Splinter is basically putting his life on the table so his children have a future that otherwise, without doing this, they're just in constant, you know, battle which plays directly into what Michelangelo needs. And that is like peace. So, you know, family togetherness and as reluctant as he is to, you know, participate, he understands that this is necessary. And without those panels right there, there there's, there would really be a dissonance with the Michelangelo character because of his need for the fighting to stop. Yeah. Yeah, it's incredibly important. You and when you and when you read these panels and you you just feel that weight and that pain that that Michelangelo is is having to deal with, and it's it's a very much a a complete three hundred and sixty as compared to the very first issue of the Mirage uh, run, where Splinter's like, "Hey, you go kill that Shredder guy." So yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely more fleshed out. Like, Hey, this is, this is the only way <laughs> or the fighting is just going to keep going and going until, you know, we can't anymore. Yeah. And on the flip side, on the, the on the bad guy side, uh, this is an opportunity for both bludgeon and Koya to make up for their failure in the last arc. You know, it's also an opportunity for Bebop and Rocksteady to finish the job. They they couldn't actually kill Donatello. They tried killing Donatello. They didn't. But here's here's Bebop and Rocksteady's opportunity to finish their job. So, like, everyone has a decent motivation outside of just being tied to, you know, their leader. Yeah. So it, this is a brilliant book, only surpassed by the next one. Yeah. Anything else before we move on? I really like that final, uh, the final panel. It's your typical, like the heroes are just look like they're knocked out or near death, mm-hmm. you know, and it's kind of like your traditional, you know, it's like something you'd see in Marvel and DC. I would say maybe more Marvel, um, issues. Cause I've seen like covers of like the, Oh, the Avengers are down. I'm like, Oh, well, what's going to happen in this issue? You know, I, ju- I just picture a voiceover here that's like, 
what will happen to our fearless heroes. Tune in next time on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Sounded more like the voice from uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> You'd have two different titles for like puns, like two puns. I can't think of any puns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rocky and Bullwinkle. What a pull. Uh, yeah. Let's yeah. move on to issue 50, because this is really the the, the, the gr- gr- grand finale is an understatement. Yeah. So issue 50 picks up right where 49 left off uh, in the middle of the fight. Uh, and it it's Donatello holding off all the bad guys with his 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 fire his, his flamethrower. Yeah, it's a flamethrower. The turtles decide we have to fight together. We, we have not been able to do anything. We haven't been able to, to, to fight them one-on-one or, you know, just using our emotions. We have to remember that we are a team, which of course is a, that, that at this point is a turtles trope. You know, we, we're only going to win if we fight together. Like we've seen that, you know, dozens of times at this point. Oh yeah. And they kind of cordon off the, the, the bad guys to where they're each fighting one, right? Kind of like Michelangelo and Raphael fight Bebop and Rocksteady. Leonardo fights Koya and Donatello takes Bludgeon. During this battle, Master Splinter is at the sidelines, like he's supposed to be, uh, meditating. And in in this meditation, he's basically going through the files of his brain, figuring out or, or basically reliving the memories that he has from his ancient uh, ancient ancient Japan childhood with. Oroku Saki. And it includes the murder of his family. It includes uh, some uh, some training that they had uh, in the, the Foot Clan dojo in Japan. It, it's, it's just a, a fantastic reflection of the Shredder and Splinter relationship. Something that we don't see very often in these books, so getting it pl- spelled out in, in, in issue 50 is really, really nice. It's like a mini flashback. Yeah, yeah, it's it's several several flashbacks. Yeah. Uh, the Fugitoid and Harold are still working on Donatello's body. We get uh, some more uh, <laughs> shots of Leatherhead's arm, or I'm sorry, a mysterious reptile figure's arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's more flashbacks, more fighting. <laughs> Michelangelo and Raphael use. <laughs> A, a video game t- tactic to get <laughs> Bebop and Rocksteady to run into each other, which I know you appreciated. Oh, yeah. Leonardo goes completely ham on Koya. Uh, Donatello literally blinds uh, Bludgeon. Uh, the, the, the fight just continues and continues and continues. Uh, Kitsune continues her her weird hyp- hypnosis technique on... Alopex, we don't really understand what's going on there, but obviously that will come into to play later. The fight continues. Bludgeon is blind. Leonardo has officially cut the wings off of Koya, which is a significant thing. Like, Leonardo grounded the bird. Yeah. Uh, Michelangelo and... And Raphael have basically convinced Bebop and Rocksteady to fight each other because they're both idiots and keep hitting, keep running into each other. 
they have all but won uh, because Bl- Bludgeon and Koya have accepted defeat. Uh, they, I, I don't want to say that they have a romantic relationship, but they very much see each other as like brother and sister. You know, they, they, they were mutated together by Karai. They, Karai? I think it was Karai that mutated them. And they both feel the same defeat as they've both been critically, not, in, not necessarily injured, but like handicapped. Koya, a bird, can't fly. Bludgeon, a shark, can't see. Like those, those things are pretty core to their fighting style. Yeah. It's now just Bebop and Rocksteady versus the four turtles. And Donatello starts getting messages, uh, from somebody else, you know, off panel. And the other turtles are like, what's going on? Who are you talking to? Donatello turns to the turtles and says, bye, fellas. It's been a blast. And you, we see a, a panel of activated self-destruct. Metalhead's body explodes, knocking Bebop and Rocksteady out, only to reveal Donatello's real body popping through a, a, a portal. Reformed with his shell back on, with his, his consciousness put back into his natural body, Donnie is back. The turtles celebrate. He hugs Master Splinter. Like this, this is the victory for these characters, but it's, but it's not victory for the, the gauntlet. Next up, the turtles now have to fight Sh- uh, Shredder. Uh, but since they defeated the, the, the four mutants, they now have to fight the Shredder. And this fight really shows how formidable the Shredder absolutely is. He wipes the floor with all four of these turtles. And not only does he do that, but he he's not talking smack the entire time, but he basically tells them, I know who you are. I know your personalities. I know your fighting styles. You cannot beat me. And shows each one of them individually that they cannot beat him. And, of course, during all of this, Splinter is still meditating, still going through the files of his brain, really uh, fleshing out the, the relationship between him and Shredder. That that's just that that's that's the storytelling technique they're going with here, and it really breaks up the action really well. There are some really cool action beats. One with Raphael where he throws a sigh at Shredder, and instead of hitting Shredder, Shredder catches it, throws it back, and it embeds itself in Raphael's leg. Just brutal. During the fight with the turtles, Shredder has one of the best lines he has ever said in any turtles book ever. Do tell. You know, Donatello is attacking him and he says, you waste your breath with all this talk of promises. You may have new power saying, you know, now that he's back, you know, back alive. But Shredder says, I am power. Like he's the personification of power as he just knocks the crap out of Donatello and just discards his bow. Such a fantastic set of panels. Immediately after that, Michelangelo attacks him from the side and is just giving him the business. You know, why are you always hurting my family? Just, just, just all of Michelangelo's emotions are just coming out. And Shredder even says, this is impressive. Like, 
I never thought you of all turtles would be this passionate and angry in a fight. Unfortunately, that anger leaves you unbalanced, which is a perfect, perfect response. Michelangelo is then uh, thrown off. Shredder has defeated him as well. It's 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 fantastic. Uh, More uh, more meditation, more flashbacks. Now it's time for Splinter to finally face the Shredder. Uh, the Shredder chooses to have the earlier in the issue. Sorry, the Shredder had chosen to have the battle on top of a building. Uh, that way, the you know the night sky could see could, could see him fight this uh, Splinter. The entire time, Splinter is talking about uh, him meditating and trying to find something that he could use to his advantage in the fight with with Shredder. And the entire time he kept looking and kept looking, could not find an edge, could not find an edge. But what he did find was that there was no way Splinter was going to match Shredder's strength. That that, that simply wasn't going to happen. But what Splinter doesn't have is fear. You know, he, he understands that the Shredder is stronger and can beat him, but he has to be conniving. He has to sneak gr- and grab weapons. He has to uh, th- basically let Shredder's arrogance beat him. And with that said, Splinter, as he's giving this long speech about uh, honor and you know what what being truly powerful means and how that you know and how he respects. You know, what Shredder brings to the table, he can't help but remember, you know, their childhood and blah, 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 blah. Splinter attacks Shredder and deals a fatal blow to his chest. He's bleeding out. Splinter has won. The Shredder is going to die. Before he dies, before he, you know, has his last breath, he speaks to, to Splinter and they actually talk like friends, like we were cool one time. What happened? And Splinter was like, I never had anything against you. It was against your actions and how, you know, you were leading the Foot Clan, you know, in, in the past. And at, at, at your heart, at my heart, we have we are brothers and have always been brothers. And one day. Before, you know, one day we will meet each other again in in the woods, I think is what he said. Uh, Shredder takes a moment to say goodbye to Karai and basically tells her, I'm proud of you, girl. Uh, you know, I know I was mean, but all of that was because I was so proud of you and I, I had such high expectations. He said goodbye to Kitsune and said, if there is, you know, something after this, you know, I'll I'll meet you there. Splinter then literally decapitates the Shredder on the rooftop of this New York building. Michelangelo is stunned. Uh, Karai approaches Shredder, or Karai approaches Splinter, offers him her sword, and basically says, I'm going to Japan. Uh, I, I, I cannot lead the Foot Clan. Would you like to? And s- instead of turning it down, Splinter says, Yes. I will lead the Foot Clan. Uh, Michelangelo loses it, and he's like, "What?" 
we did all of this so you can be the leader of the Foot Clan and we have to continue fighting. This is garbage and just leaves. Just leaves. Uh, there's a, you know, a touching moment where Splinter picks up Shredder's helmet and there's a flashback to when they were children. It's, it's, it's really just a beautiful story that they told in this book. Uh, and ultimately, there's a you know a huge splash page with all the characters except Michelangelo looking over the city because Michelangelo is just done with it. And Splinter, you know, says it's time to embrace our destiny, which suggests that the turtle and the turtles and Splinter's destiny are the Foot Clan, which is wild. Uh, there is a final page where it's in feudal Japan, and General Krang is there, basically harvesting the DNA of the, the, the children of Hamato Yoshi after they were killed by Oroku uh, Saki. They don't explain what that means, but it is kind of a teaser. Issue 50, the death of Shredder. Wow. Absolutely wow. I know what the answer to this is, but what'd you think, Jeff? What a phenomenal... And just, I don't want to say unexpected ending, but man, they packed so much into this. Yes, they did. Just, okay, I'm going to go ahead and talk about it. When I did not expect Splinter to behead the Shredder. Really? No. Like, I didn't expect well, I mean, I knew there was like a fight to the death, but I'm just like, is he really going to do it? And then like seeing the look on, you know, Mikey's face, you just see that you feel that sadness. And then when Karai, you know, decides to give Splinter basically control of the Foot Clan and the, the look on the turtle's face is just wow. Just pure shock. Yeah, yeah. Like, what's crazy is you would think that Splinter killing Shredder would be the surprising thing. Yeah. You know, that that's kind of, oh, oh, headline making. You know, oh, that's the shocking part. No, the actual shocking part of this is Splinter's now the head of the Foot Clan. Yeah. And it kind of goes back to the 80s cartoon when they were both, you know, in the foot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's about the only connection <laughs> from that. <laughs> um, so it's, it's so interesting to me to see how so much turtles history is kind of interwoven into this book all throughout the first 50 issues. Yeah. Um, and you definitely see mirror versions of the, the nineties, uh, fight, uh, uh, sorry. You see, you basically see a, a lot of, um, nods to the original 90s movie, uh, fight with the Turtles and Shredder. Of course, more so in this, cause, you know, there's more action beats. Um, and so that's kind of a nice, um, callback. Um, and that whole, that whole, that whole page, of just them fighting the shredder is just, it's probably my favorite part. 
Oh, that one page that's t- yeah. that's two pages. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So and they fit so much action on two pages. Incredible. Yeah. Um, I do also really like uh, the roof sequence uh, where you've got Splinter meditating and the turtles are there facing uh, Shredder as he takes his cape off or cloak, whatever <laughs> you want to call him. Um, and that's just a beautiful, beautiful page. Um, I, I, well, I want to say I have one disappointment. Of course, Metalhead exploding. That was terrible. Um, <laughs> but I kind of thought they were going to drag this out a bit longer with, you know, Donnie Bean. Cause when they do stuff like this, you know, I go back to kind of like when Marvel gave Peter Parker a new Spidey suit when he had the black suit. Mm-hmm. He, had, he had that for a long time, and then but you didn't get. To, I wasn't expecting it to be like you know a couple of years or whatever, but it, it would have been nice to kind of see this go a little bit longer. I also loved, and when we talked about the uh, Mikey and uh, Raph using Bebop and Rocksteady against one another, when they're doing that, you notice in the panel that Bebop and Rocksteady are orange and red. Oh yeah, <laughs> yep. Just like in the in the game, I, I, like I can't stress enough how good the Shredder Splinter like backstory here, yeah, is because this could have just been bad guy hates good guy, good guy hates bad guy. They fight for twenty pages, good guy wins. Like that that could have been the story they told, but instead. They fleshed out the whole – these guys were best friends. They were brothers. They were clanmates. Like they they have an intimate understanding of each other, and this, th- this battle that they're in is like – it's almost tragic that it even has to happen. Yeah. And it, it really I, – I, I can't remember. I, I might have rolled a tear at the end of this book. Just because you know you, you get the the thought of what might have been like what could these two have accomplished if the shredder was not completely evil? Yeah, you know, and and, and they also brought back the the plot point that you know, uh, Hamato Yoshi had an anger issue, just like Raphael, and he had to overcome that to you know grow and to. He, he had and he had to channel that growth in this battle like it's so it, it's so deep that we can't even cover everything here because there's it's 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 just so well written i we we as turtles fans don't deserve a comic book this good oh we we, we most certainly do no we don't no we don't we do <laughs> it's it's definitely the most connected and personal um look at shredder and splinters uh just relationships uh as uh characters but it also gives it more weight um with this ending um and i i really liked how 
as you said, that they 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 went to the you know more of the backstory and getting to see them as as kids because you know when you're kids you don't you don't really have enemies you're just kids goofing around you know doing whatever unless you're training like twelve hours a day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it's it's I didn't get teary, but I was like, wait, what? <laughs> what just happened? I have questions. So it's, uh, it's, this has definitely been one of the absolute best reads. Yep. And I didn't, I really didn't see, well, I don't want to say I didn't see Mikey just leaving, but I mean, I knew that he wouldn't sit well with what happened. So something was going to, something was, you know, coming from that. Yeah. Interesting to see where his story goes next. Yeah. I, what I really liked is, like this is a conclusion to a story like the arc is clearly over, but there's extremely compelling breadcrumbs that are left on the ground for us to speculate about going forward. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I cannot say enough good stuff about issue 50. Neither can I Uh, read it. Just read it. Just read it. That that I guess that's my my last uh my last opinion. Just read it. <laughs> and like this creative team, Kevin Eastman and uh, Tom Waltz, they are the reason that this this run is so good. Like, and that team sticks together from issues one to a hundred. You know, they don't hand off the reins to, to Sophie Campbell until issue 101. So every so like the quality of the writing is solid and consistent. All the way to issue, you know, 100. Now, you have the side stories that they weave into it that, you know, kind of those are uh, a bit iffy here and there. Yeah. But if you're just talking main storybook, it, it's. Absolutely solid, and I, I stand behind it 100. percent Yeah. Um. That that's it, Jeff. Wow. Uh, right. I, I've been I've been impatiently waiting to 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 hear you talk about it and hear us, you know, and and actually go over it because it's so good. Like how how are they going to top this? Is my question. Like I I just couldn't I just couldn't stop reading. I was like, I, I literally like want more like right now. <laughs> uh, I'm going to try to get us to the next set of uh, IDW pretty soon. Okay. I'm going to try. Uh, but speaking of that, do you know what we're talking about next? No, I know you don't. Let's just get that announced. It's going to be more of the 2K3 series. Uh, we're jumping into season four. All right. Yeah, it'll be the first nine episodes of season four. Where are you going to be while we watch those? I'm going to be at the Warp Zone Arcade, Sergio. Uh, Brandon, Mississippi's premier arcade, uh, where you can check out, uh, some of the newest games, uh, we have showcased. Uh, we did a Halloween showcase, uh, recently, which, uh, went pretty well, uh, with Ghostbusters and Evil Dead, which we still have for people to play. Uh, uh great multiplayer experiences. Um, got a lot of new stuff coming. Um, of course, we're still doing uh, Smash Brothers tournaments every Saturday, and we've got a really big 
um, Smash event coming in January, which is going to be uh, kind of like a like the best of the best uh, coming uh, to Warp Zone. So we're very excited about that. Um, so you can follow us on Facebook. Uh, we're also on Instagram. Um, just look for the Circle Controller logo, and of course, the Warp Zone Arcade. Uh, very sim- easy way to find us. And where can we find you, Sergio? You can find me manning the Shellheads uh, social pages. That is the Shellheads podcast Instagram page. That's that's where I do most of my communicating. Uh, we're also on Facebook. Uh, just search Shellheads podcast. We should pop right up. I think I have some stuff I want to give away. Ooh, hey now. I think. I think. I just don't know how. I gotta. I gotta do some research on how to how to have giveaways on on social media. Yeah. Because ultimately we want more people to hear us. How do we, how do we get, turn these giveaways into that? But, uh, I do have some stuff that I, that I'm looking to offload. I thank you for joining me for episode 101. Uh, I'm Sergio. I'm Jeff. <laughs> and we're Shellheads. miss an episode of the Shellheads podcast, visit realitybreach.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts.